next on BYUSN, which sport is driving the future of the Big 12 and potential expansion the most? And how is BYU more Big 12 ready than back in September 2021? Oh, it was a glorious day when we found out. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, June 5th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who is always willing to take a game-winning shot, Jerem Jordan. I don't know if I've uh, made one in my life. One time in, in uh, high school, at Columbine actually, um, I made a, what I thought was going to be a game winner in a summer tournament, mm -hmm. and then a dude came down and busted a three at the oh, buzzer. Brutal. That's all right, but Jimmer Fredette almost did yesterday. In case you missed it, FIBA three-on-three -three World Cup in Vienna, Austria, 1919. This for the game! That close to gold. Uh, oh. That close to gold. In and out for the Jimmer, and uh, Serbia wins. So, oh, my goodness. All good, but uh, nice showing from the USA. Took silver. Jimmer, of course, uh, featured there. More on Jimmer Fredette and how he fared in uh, that gold medal game coming up later in the program. On today's show, though, Big 12 spring meetings are over. Commissioner Brett Yormark's comments from the uh, spring meetings on expansion, hoops, Big 12 readiness, and so on. We take time for Dennis today. Dodd mm -hmm. from CBS Sports on the latest in expansion talk. Dennis Pitta doesn't offer anything in that regard. Come on hey. now. Team USA repping for Jimmer, as we mentioned. Trent Mosier. For the USA U21s, Ronnie Jones-Perry, Team Canada, Alex Gray getting it done. And we introduce the best wins in BYU football history. Oh, baby. Bracket. You get a vote on this, and it's going to fill our days until <laughs> BYU's in the Big 12. There were some tough conversations had in the seating of that for sure. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. I'm really pleased where they are right now. And it's a touchdown to Cody Epps. Robinson up the glass and in. for three and that's good what's trending presented by BYU food to go the MVP of your next event Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark back in the news and making news as he and the Big 12 school presidents held their spring meetings in West Virginia last week where Commissioner West Virginia York, you say yes West Virginia BYU will be there November 4th Commissioner Yormark was asked about a multitude of topics we're going to discuss a few of the more prominent ones starting with yes Big 12 expansion plans. When asked about the Big 12's latest expansion plan, Yormark said, and I quote, we have a plan. As I've said all along, we have an appetite to be a national conference in our makeup from coast to coast. And we do believe in the upside of basketball moving forward as a collective group. That being said, we love our current composition, love the four new schools that are coming in next month. However, if the opportunity presents itself to create value, we will pursue it, end quote. Jerem, did this teach us anything new about the Big 12's expansion plans? No, and that's okay. We've known that they're, quote, open for business. We've known that they're ready and, and willing to expand, that they want to be coast-to-coast, -coast, yep. meaning get into the Pacific time zone. Multiple reports about the four corner schools waiting for Oregon and Washington, perhaps San Diego State, Gonzaga, UConn, and so on, which we'll dive into in a second. But no, we did not learn anything new specifically because we've had Brad Yormark either saying it or it's been reported. What will be new in this conversation is if someone is actually invited, but it feels like it all hinges on the Pac-12 TV deal. It hasn't been announced yet. When it's announced, will there be disgruntled members of that league that want to perhaps go to the Big 12 
for more money. We shall see. Yeah, we didn't learn anything groundbreaking or earth shattering new, but what did stick out to me were a couple of things. Number one is the word value. Like which of these potential candidates would create value and where can value be added the easiest? And I think it is with basketball, which is why Connecticut and Gonzaga are in the conversation. It's harder to create more value in football as we've learned going through the whole expansion process with BYU dating back to forever. But in 2015, we were discussing like, okay, well, which teams would add value to a conference? We learned in this most recent expansion move by BYU and, and the other three schools going into the Big 12 that BYU does bring more value to the conference, which was nice. It was a nice pat on the back. Everyone no one was like, else, yeah, yeah, we like this. We bring money. And, and I didn't think BYU brought – Added dollars, but they did. They do. The, the other three have not been uh, discussed in the same way. So it's just BYU in that regard. So that's like a stroke of the financial ego for all BYU fans and the administration and the university. We, but, we welcome that constantly. Indeed. But how do you add value? And I think it's probably within basketball. It's just tougher after going through what BYU did to see, like, there's a clear addition of value and money in football unless, to your point, the Pac-12 disbands and then you can go and get maybe the four corner schools or – Oregon and Washington if they can't get themselves to the Big Ten Conference, which quickly might become the Big 20. Uh, who knows? If the Big Ten wanted them, why wouldn't they just go get them That's now? a good question. Um, why, why not right now? Oregon and Washington have no leverage in this conversation. They have to be invited or they stand put or they go to the Big 12. Basketball is interesting. Let's get into it. Um, when asked specifically about the possibility of Gonzaga or other schools, a.k.a. UConn, uh, joining as basketball-only members, your mark reiterated his belief that basketball is undervalued in media rights. Mm. Big 12 could potentially decouple basketball, we're talking men's hoops specifically, I think, from football and explore selling those media rights when the deal with the current TV partners, uh, ESPN and Fox, ends in 2031. Uh, that from Max Olson's article in The Athletic. Gurgmark said, there's a chance, quote, for us to double down as the number one basketball conference in America, but football's the driver. We all know that, okay. Gurmark said. We are exploring all options and considerations at this point in time. So what role does basketball play in expansion to you? Well, I think that that's where Brett Yormark sees the greatest possibility. I think there are teams that are more open in the basketball arena than there are in football because the Pac-12 is still together. But San Diego State's in the Mountain West. Gonzaga's in the West Coast Conference could leave at a moment's notice. And UConn is an independent in football right now and a member in the Big East. But that feels like it would be easier because there's no football tie for UConn. So I'm looking at, like, all of what I feel like are the most likely expansion candidates right now. Again, this is all hearsay. We're all going off of what we've heard in the media and what these experts are saying. But it feels like basketball programs are the ones that are the most open right now, potentially ready to move. So it feels kind of like basketball is driving the conversation more so than football until we find out what the Pac-12 deal is. So UConn, San Diego State, Gonzaga, even Colorado is interesting. They're more of a basketball school than a football school right now. Well, Dion's trying to change that. He's trying to change it. How fast can he do that? Right now, it's more of a constant. skiing school than a football <laughs> school at the moment. They've had greater success over the past decade in men's basketball, certainly, than they have in football. They have not been good in football. So it does, it does play a role, and it feels like those parts are a little bit easier to move than the football ones. There's no way, in my opinion, that the Big 12 will expand through basketball before the Pac-12 TV deal. 
The Pac-12 TV deal has to happen, and then if no one's disgruntled and everyone stays, then the Big 12 might go, all right, San Diego State, Gonzaga, you want to do this? To me, that's the order of things here. But the decoupling is an interesting idea. Brett Yormark, um, you, you know, men's basketball's TV deal is such a not a big deal that we don't even know the numbers there. Like, what are the numbers in basketball? I don't know. I can't find them anywhere. We know in football it's a big deal because it's a big number. It's not a big number in men's basketball. But what if the Big 12 does add, you know, Gonzaga? San Diego State just went to the national title game. Like, good program, obviously, the last couple of years, and we've seen it ourselves in men's hoops. A UConn who obviously is massive in basketball the way mm-hmm. they played the last couple of years and obviously winning the netty. What if they add those and, and, and before they would go to TV partners to go, okay, if we had this group and these are the numbers we put up and here are the titles and blah, blah, blah. Could we get our own men's basketball deal and now it's better than everybody else's and it's not football money, but it's adding value. It's just better in money men's than basketball. I, I think that Brent Yormark is onto something. I think in men's hoops, specifically in this league that already is number one and hopes to stay number one. And if you add San Diego State, Gonzaga, and UConn, no one touches you, I think, forever in men's basketball. You are the best league with all of those teams. You could add value. And now it's like, okay, Gonzaga's like, yes, competitively this this is not as good because it's harder for us to be a one seed. We're going to lose more. Um, But we'll get at more money. And we don't have football, but now we've added something. And you're in the... Pacific time zone with two teams. You've expanded by one more in the East, which is not that big a deal. Travel partner with West Virginia, I guess. And now you're coast to coast because truly Gonzaga and San Diego State and Connecticut and UCF take you coast to coast. Yes, yes. I think that this could realistically happen in the future. Your mark wants to make transcendent moves. And guess what? That would be a transcendent move. We see the Big 12 NFL Pro Day that's coming together, right? Which is a really cool like, thought. And I do. Don't be surprised to see if it happens in basketball either. Like, the Big 12 is totally. so good that Absolutely. They, can, they can hold their own NBA do, combine for the Big 12. Do your own Big 12 combine. When there's an idea and you think, why haven't we done this already? That tells you it's a great idea. And there are multiple of these from your mark in the Big 12 already, which is really good. He's progressive in that oh, way. Man. I like he's, it. He's a big As thinker. a businessman, it's fun to attach to that league. Also, BYU hasn't been in the league. We haven't been like the ones we attached to before we made fun of the hair of the commissioner. You know what I mean? We like the commission this league now. Let's go. <laughs> commissioner Yormark was asked about the four new Big 12 schools, including BYU and the transition to the Big 12. This is specifically what he had to say about each of those schools' Big 12 readiness. But they're ready to be part of the Big 12. We embrace them for all the right reasons. Uh, they've been part of our meetings throughout the year, both coaches meetings and administrative meetings. So uh, they've ramped up in, in all the right areas. And, and I'm just looking forward to having them join us uh, and to be part of this new Big 12. And by they, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. How is BYU specifically more Big 12 ready, to steal a word from Commissioner Yormark, now then the athletic department was the day they were invited in September of 2021. Coaching staff's making more than they were. Still need to continue to increase that. They've added staff behind the scenes yes. that help the team in, in on the field, off the field, and so on. Facilities in terms of uh, the SAB have been renovated, and they have continued plans to help 
in that regard. Lavelle Edwards Stadium got some additions in terms of some different uh, spots for suites and different companies and signage and whatnot. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to be done. So, And then there's the on-the-field product. Obviously, BYU beefed up with Jay Hill's defensive coordinator. BYU's added 20 transfers, which is more than the previous three or four years combined. I think there's more depth there. I think uh, BYU's gotten better in terms of its experience on, say, the women's basketball coaching staff with John Wardenberg, and so on and so forth. I think BYU has done a good job of preparing, obviously on the field, but off the field gets you to where on the field you can be better. There's certainly stuff to do uh, in the future, namely facilities like Provo High. What are we doing there? Can BYU get its own football facility? Because right now they don't. They have a multi-purpose facility. Yeah, that that's football where it feels is in. like the need is still the greatest. Yes, that's a big one. They upgraded the uh, locker room a couple of years ago, right? So BYU's making strides in that way. Still, still work to do, but BYU is is ready. I think BYU's emotionally and physically ready as well. It was one thing to get that invite and be like, all right, let's play. And I think BYU played off that high quite a bit in 2021, to be honest. Five and over to the Pac-12, a tremendous 10 and three season, like. That was awesome. I yeah. think BYU rode the high of getting invited to the Big 12 with a talented team, NFL draft picks, and so on. But, I, yeah, I think BYU's more ready than they were in, in 2021. Certainly. The transfer portal, we got to be real. Do you think all of the now 20 players that are reportedly coming into BYU, and I say reportedly because we can't mention at least one of the names. So 19 plus. So 19 plus one that is reportedly on his way to BYU and has been announced but not officially by the university. Do you think all those guys and even girls in the in the women's sports are coming to BYU if they are not playing the Big 12? It's been a factor. Okay, so becoming so big. With certain ones, yes. Yes, becoming Big 12 ready means upping the ante and upping your talent level, and BYU is getting some more talent, not surprisingly, being able to play that Big 12 card. The second thing is I feel like naturally with more excitement by the fans, there's greater support, which brings in greater money, and now there's a Royal Blue Collective, and BYU's got their boosters working 24-7, it feels, to bring in more NIL money so that they can become a more attractive place to lure greater talent. So, BYU feels like I, they're in a better place now with recruiting and boosters and support than they certainly were in September of 2021. 100%. Your mark also announced the Big 12 will distribute an estimated 44 mil per school to its members in the uh, fiscal year of 22-23, a record for the conference. BYU certainly uh, reportedly is going to get 40 to 50% of, yes. that, of that number. And again, that's not just TV money. That's everything. That's Big 12 championships in basketball and football, and that's the NCAA tournament units in, in hoops and so on and so forth. Um, BYU's going to benefit from that money, absolutely. Even though it's going to be 40 to 50%, that'll be more than BYU was getting by yes. double, maybe triple. So if it's $44 million and BYU gets 40%, okay, 19 or $20 million we'll coming take it. in. We'll take it. It's a significant step up. And we learned from athletic director Tom Homo that it's the first two years. Yes, until the new team. Until BYU gets into the new TV deal where they will receive the full allotment of that. It's such a weird deal, by the way. Reported $50 million. They think it's going to be $50 It could be million. up to 50 yeah. with the new Big 12 um, Yeah, in, in 25. And it's weird because it's a 14-team league for one year under the current mm-hmm. old contract. It's a 12-team league under the old contract. And I, I don't think BYU gets any of the Texas-Oklahoma buyout money. I think it's the league and the other members. Yep. Maybe BYU gets some, but I don't think so from my conversations with people. And then in 25, it's like, okay, full share. Full share. So, but what will the conference be in 25? 
right? <laughs> like, what does it look like? Who's in it? What's the, yeah. And by the way, the Big 12 has not officially announced its new football TV deal in 25. That was reported by multiple people. The league has not announced it. We feel yet. like we know it because it's been so out there. It's like old news, but the yeah. league has never said this is actually <laughs> what it is, by the way. I wonder if they ever will. Do they, they feel will. the need to? Yeah. No, no, no. They will, 100%. Oh, man. They'll make a big deal out of it. Hey, we're ramped up. Like, BYU's going to get an increase, and it goes to the things we just talked about. Maybe it builds a second indoor practice facility. Maybe BYU is able to do something with pro, the Pro High School I property. I think there's no doubt BYU will have a football-only indoor practice sure. facility in the future. That's just my opinion. That's and not based off. Maybe Lavelle Edwards Stadium goes next level with their ability to host and and have upgrade that press box. And boxes. Yes, yeah. press box needs an upgrade. All right, our question of the day is this: How is BYU more Big Twelve ready? than when they were invited back in September of 2021. Like September 10th. Ago. September 10th. In a minute. Yeah. At Kramer Holly on Twitter answers, it's going into the Big 12 on a winning streak versus Utah. Is it a streak if it's one? I don't think it's a streak. Okay, so that but makes we'll them Big 12 well, I see what you're saying. On a more serious note, they add upgrades to coaching staff and – Money in the organization of name, image, likeness, uh, the Royal Blue Collective, increased revenue from ticket prices. All of those things, yes, have been discussed. BYU is moving in the right direction. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to join the conversation. Announcement time, July 1st. Join us from 5 to 7 Eastern time for The Big Party as BYU celebrates day one in the Big 12. We will be live from the, uh, you know, Smithfield House and Student Athlete Building on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYUSN Game Day with Spencer and I there as well, which will be fun. July 1st, 5 Eastern time to celebrate BYU's entrance to the Big 12. Up next, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports has been at the forefront reporting on Big 12 money, TV contracts, Pac-12 potentially breaking up. We're going to talk to him next. Does he think the Big 12 will add more teams soon? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. For Keanu Hill, Cody Epps, backed by John Nelson, Chase Roberts, Isaac Rex. Welcome back on a Monday. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It is now our pleasure to welcome in from CBS Sports, college football basketball insider Dennis Dodd. Dennis, we just finished up the Big 12 spring meetings, heard a ton from Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. And Jeremy and I were just discussing, did we learn anything new? Didn't feel like there was anything earth-shattering, but from your perspective, did you feel like you learned anything new or something that really caught your attention from Commissioner Yormark's words? Well, I know that behind the scenes, they were updated on the Colorado pursuit, uh, the interest in Gonzaga and Connecticut, both in basketball. Um, they're going to launch you know, next year these marketing opportunities with Rucker Park and basketball exhibition games. Uh, they developed their own commercial sponsorship division for whatever that's worth. But, yeah, there was a lot discussed in Greenbrier in West Virginia. By the way, Greenbrier uh, has a bit of Western flair to it. It is a resort that goes back to the 1700s, the Revolutionary War, hmm. where if you go on a hike there, it's almost like Denver. You, you got a little oxygen problem. So 
It's a different look for the Big 12. I'll have to ask my sister who lives in West Virginia about that. The Greenbrier is where they uh, hung out, which is, which is awesome. Okay, so regarding all of that information, it, do you feel like we're just waiting on the Pac-12 TV deal and then if there are some disgruntled teams that perhaps want to leave, they go to the Big 12 and then these basketball-ish schools come into the conversation? Or what's the order, in your opinion, of events potentially here? Basketball is front burner right now because uh, – Big 12 runs the danger if they get too cozy with uh, with some of these talks with Pac-12 schools. They could be sued for torturous interference of an, of an existing conference, and you can argue that ha- that could happen in basketball as well. But uh, I think Gonzaga's got options. I don't know if their buyout is that much uh, in the West Coast. I do know that Connecticut has a significant buyout. Uh, if they leave the Big East now, maybe that could be finance. It has been done before. But uh, I, I think football, as you just mentioned, um, I think they, like the Pac-12 members, are just waiting to see what the offer is, not offer, but the contract that uh, George Klyavkov lands before there's any move. I, I don't think there's any move they can make until that comes about. And I do think that will come about. I just don't know exactly what it will look like. The legalese of the day is torturous interference, which is the best phrase I've heard in my entire life. That's awesome. Do you feel like that could actually go down? Because it, feel, it feels like uh, perhaps that's happened in the past with other schools, but no one's actually done it, right? Oh, it's what, that term? Yeah, that's been thrown around a lot, especially in the early days of this round of realignment, which sort of began in December of 2009, when then Big Ten Commissioner Jim Delaney sent out this cryptic note that said, we are basically open for business and uh, how about that? Uh, what is it, 14 years later? That's exactly what Brent Dormark said when he took office in August. Um, and back then, uh, the Big Ten quickly added Nebraska, followed by Missouri. Uh, I'm sorry, by, by Nebraska. And Missouri, A&M, and Colorado went elsewhere as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think they've got to tiptoe around that. Uh, there was a lot of legalese back then, a lot of negotiation for buyouts. But I think teams in this day and age have become more, I guess, cautious about that. I mean, I thought, look, in my story that I wrote last week about Colorado, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway was two things, that Rick George actually responded to my request for comment and, and said the same thing that he told, I think, buffzone.com, that uh, Colorado is a big, you know, is a proud Pac-12 member, but has to, you know, look for its opportunities. Um, I think that tells you a lot. And look, number two is that they, they are doing their due diligence. Uh, they are deciding between the Big 12 and Pac-12. And I do know for a fact that Dion is way down the line with this. He really supports it. I'm not saying it'll happen, but he supports the move because uh, ostensibly it gets BYU, I'm sorry, gets uh, Colorado back into Texas and Florida and recruiting, which he loves for rebuilding that program. Longtime college football writer and insider Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports is on BYU Sports Nation. Do you think straight up that Colorado is the most likely front runner to start potential dominoes falling in another, I guess, addition of realignment? Based on my reporting, I think Colorado and Arizona are the two most likely. Again, not, not saying it will happen because there's no certainty to it because we don't know what the Pac-12 thought contract is going to be. But I think those two, I think philosophically, Brett Yormark thinks if he gets one, there'll be a domino effect. 
whether there is or not is, is another subject, but I think if he gets one that creates doubt in others, do you go for the sure thing, which at least for the next seven years is the Big 12 at that number, 31.7 million. Uh, it's written into the contract that any power five that joins would get pro rata, which means the same as the other members. So, you know, do you take that with a chance for growth maybe in the, in the Big 12? They add basketball and maybe some more members um, with this, you know, this marketing plan that Brent Yormark has to get into the Northeast Corridor. That's what UConn is all about. Um, already in New York with, uh, as I mentioned, the, the exhibition games and basketball. I think there's a possibility there where they can play, you know, create some sort of tournament at Madison Square Garden. Not the Big 12 tournament. They're committed to Kansas City on that. Um, and, and build a coast-to-coast league. I mean, that's been his, uh, you know, his desire from the beginning. If that's the case, I suppose they could just go out and get UConn and Gonzaga and you form this men's basketball powerhouse, which it already is. Is there something to what he's saying in terms of, hey, we could decouple our men's basketball rights in 2031 with ESPN and Fox, and we could sell this as another thing. It's not going to be football money, but is there something to this? Because it feels like he's on to something. Well, there'd be more combined money for the league. Excuse me, I've got low battery here. Um, there'd be more combined money for the league. Now, there are those that disagree with his vision. He thinks that basketball in general is undervalued in the media landscape that when streaming hits, there'll be a lot more demand for these college basketball games. Um, and part of his dream is to separate football and basketball in separate contracts. The thing with that is it's not going to happen anytime soon. It's going to happen in seven years when the current deal is up. Um, you can't ask ESPN and Fox to reopen a deal. You just sign with them to do that. That's not going to happen to, to that point. Then if Gonzaga joins, that money would have to come from within, based on my reporting. It would have to come from existing Big 12 funds, whether that's each school giving up a piece to divide it, you know, a 13th way, or, um, you know, money that they got from Texas and Oklahoma, as you guys remember in that buyout, that $100 million is just sitting there, uh, that goes to them. So uh, then it just becomes a, you know, a, a situation where what is Gonzaga's valuation in as basketball-only member of Big 12, and I'm kind of writing about that today. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports is on BYU Sports Nation. Dennis, you mentioned the substantive talks that the Big 12 and Colorado have been in and then brought up, hey, it could get weird if the Pac-12 feels like there is interference, torturous interference. So how does the Big 12 stay out of trouble that way is is it something that rick george and colorado have to push forward and then the big 12 talks to them when when colorado reaches out how do they get around that yeah i'm no lawyer but you know look you you can meet with anyone um you know uh it's up to bring up to their lawyers the pac-12 lawyers to file suit but you can meet with anyone about anything uh colorado has a con a media rights contract with the pac-12 until july 1st 2024 uh, but they have to look out for their best interests. You know, Brett Yormark's been pretty, I guess, out there saying, you know, what the interest of the league is and what his interests are. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to parse uh, legalese, but <laughs> I think it's one thing they have to watch out for, and so far they've done it. I feel like the Pac-12 lawyers are busy with uh, Comcast money and uh, office space yeah. in San Francisco. They like they got a lot going on right now. Did want to ask you about the, uh, the competition known as football uh, in the Big 12. What do you feel like it's going to be in the last year of the Big 12 proper with Texas and Oklahoma? 
I think it's going to be fascinating. I think Texas is going to be favored, but there's an asterisk there and a caution. You know, they've been favored in this league for multiple years since they last won their conference title in 2009 and went to the national championship game. So that's my word of caution. I have people asking me who I think will win the win the uh, win the Big 12 this year with 14 teams. And I say, I can't pick Texas because they haven't fulfilled that promise. We've asked for years if Texas is back. Until they actually do it, I can't pick them. The issue is, what do you pick? I mean, this is a league going forward that has to not, you know, runs the danger of becoming what the Pac-12 has become in that everybody, there's so much parity that everybody by November 1st has two losses. You don't want that to happen. Yes, there'll be more access uh, in, the, in the expanded playoff, but that that thing in general is definitely a negative. Uh, you've got to have one or two powers, in my opinion. And then the question becomes, without Texas and Oklahoma, who are those powers? Is it Kansas <laughs> State, the champion, BYU, Oklahoma State? Uh, what about UCF and them coming in? Cincinnati's been to the playoffs. And TCU just played for the national championships. So there's a lot of quality there, but I think you need one or two to really lead the way. The word is parody for sure. Dennis, we appreciate your always valuable insights into a broad range of topics. BYU fans uh, definitely want to cling on to basically anything you write. So for those listening and watching, how do they find more of your material right now? Oh, it's really cbssports.com. Our uh, streaming service is free 24-7 CBS Sports HQ. And that uh, thing goes live on uh, CBS Sports Network from – I guess mountain time, one to four every day. So I advise people to watch that as well. Outstanding. Uh, when does your legalese book come out, by the way? Yeah, don't worry about that. My law school education is severely lacking. <laughs> uh, you're always uh, very humble. Dennis, thanks for the time. Great to talk with you. You bet. Thanks, guys. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports back on BYU Sports Nation. He's in it. He's in the Pac-12 nitty-gritty. He's in the Big 12 expansion talks. Nationwide is oh. on your side. Uh, torturous <laughs> interference. Torturous interference is the that, phrase that, was the that phrase. I learned If there, there was a yeah. title for the show today, it, it would, would be, be that. Torturous it interference. But we're more about SEO now, so we're not on that. Torture. Hey, if you missed any interviews, Deep Blues, shows, torturous interference, games, you can find them on BYUSN.com. Or download the free BYU TV app to get all of your BYU TV sports Content on demand. Jeremy, it's June 5th. It is? You know what that means. I bowl don't. projections continue to roll in, baby. Oh, bowl Mayama for the score. Where's the latest bowl projection for the Cougars? I hate it. Is it better than the Independence Bowl? I hate it. This is BYU Sports The Nation. worst. I don't know why we're bringing it up. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. Content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. If well, only you could see what happened during the day. <laughs> Welcome back to Studio B. Only we had cameras and microphones, Spencer. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Just opining on my experiences in Shreveport, Yeah, Louisiana. we were talking about how you <laughs> got COVID and almost died. Jeez. Hilarious. It's amazing. Let's get to today's headlines. Okay, Commissioner Brett Yormark and school administrators met at Big 12 Media Days in West Virginia over the weekend at the Greenbrier, we learned from Dennis Dunn. Mm -hmm. Some of the highlights included Yormark acknowledging the league has a plan regarding potential expansion, wants to be in the Pacific time zone, and will consider all options. 
Have we considered that he could go beyond the Pacific time zone? Maybe the Hawaiian time zone? <laughs> other highlights? Well, he does want to get into Mexico, but yeah. take current Bitcoin. Those are all in the current there. time zones of the United States. Yeah. There will be a uh, data rights deal announced in the coming week, an international strategy focused on Mexico. A record 444, uh, sorry, 440 million. What's well, four extra million? Uh, and revenue distributed to the 10 schools. That's a record. Uh, the league will have a brand refresh next year, but the name and logo will stay the same. Okay. Uh, Shane Reese uh, and my stake presidency, also BYU president. Tom Homo, Liz Darger, Colby Wright were reportedly there for BYU. Okay. Some mandatory mini camps begin this week in the NFL for the following players and teams, led by Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers, Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns underway, Dax Milne with the Commanders in a mini camp, and D'Angelo Mandel with the Dallas Cowboys. Jimmer Fredette, Team USA's three-on-three team, took silver in the World Cup, losing 21-19 to Serbia. Jimmer Fredette had a ball go in and out oh. at 19-19 that would have won it. Fredette had a game-high 10 points in the gold medal game. Alexa Gray on the women's volleyball beat with 20 kills and two aces for Team Canada and Volleyball Nations League play in a five-set win against Serbia yesterday. At least they beat Serbia. Seriously. Gray is fourth overall with 81 points in the Volleyball Nations League play right now. On the men's side, how about Trent Mosier, BYU freshman, made the U21 Pan American Cup traveling roster headed for Cuba. Mosier was on the team last year that won gold at the U21 Pan American Cup. The United States play Nicaragua today at noon in Havana. How cool is that? Maybe the Big 12 is going to Cuba as well. Who knows? Uh, Austin Deming, third-team All-American from Collegiate Baseball. Deming was the co-WCC Player of the Year. Hit a mere 418 with 19 dingers and 68 RBI this season. He's the 32nd All-American in BYU baseball history. My goodness, congratulations to Austin. Ridiculous numbers. Amber Whiting and BYU women's basketball announced the addition of John Wardenberg back, as baby. an assistant coach. He is back. All of the support on social media for him coming back to BYU was really cool to watch unfold over the weekend as well. He was an assistant coach at BYU with Dave Rose and Steve Cleveland from 2001 to 2010. Would you call this a blue and white photo? I would call that a blue and white photo. You have some blue hues there, right? Yeah, a lot, the, the hue just cranked up. Daniel Schneeman continues his onslaught on AAA, going 5 for 10. The homer, a triple, and four RBI over the weekend for the Guardians AAA affiliate, Columbus Clippers. Listen, if the Guardians are like way out of the playoff race, Schneeman might get the call up in September. Here's the thing they won't be. They're good. Yeah, no, they're a good team. <laughs> so, should we root for them to be bad so he gets the call up? Um, yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I have no best Down in Down with in Cleveland. The, in uh, their. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the, the Guardians. I just want the Mariners and nobody else. Yeah. Oh, Ashley Hatch, a gorgeous assist in a Washington Spirit 1-1 draw with Fair. Racing Louisville FC. Where are they racing? Well, it's, because it's Louisville, like Kentucky Derby. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know no love for the horse, bats. It's horse country. Eh, controversy in that regard. Recently, <laughs> I know, it's all the news today. I know. Jeez. All right, those are today's headlines. Now it's time to opinionate as we whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Start us off, Jerem. College football news, bowl projections. June 5th, uh, what's up Come there? on! Uh, has BYU playing North Texas in the first responders bowl? Is this better than the Independence Bowl? No, it's not. The Independence Bowl would be a matchup with a Pac-12 team, which is significantly more interesting to me and financially more appealing to me than playing North Texas in Texas 
in the First Responders Bowl. Last year, the payout for the First Responders Bowl was 824,000. Yikes. The Independence Bowl was uh, 2.2, so nearly three times the amount. Uh, certainly the Independence Bowl, not good vibes because BYU lost to UAB and finished what was an otherwise spectacular season with the loss as Tyler Algier continues to gallop. He set the BYU single season record in this oh. game. Um, Independence Bowl is way better. I didn't think that I could say these words, uh, but, <laughs> and I haven't even been there. But um, yeah, it's, it's way better. I, I'm hoping BYU can go to the Independence Bowl plus. First responders, like, would BYU lose money going to that game? Maybe. Maybe. Like, like I don't know how much it costs to fly the band and all the cheerleaders and everyone's uh, spouse um, to a game, but, like, what's the cost? No, the, the payout at the Independence Bowl, with it being, as you pointed out, almost three times as much as the First Responders Bowl, you'd think BYU would at least break even getting well, the families there. Well, and the other thing, again, it's all pooled together with the Big 12, so it almost doesn't matter. Because you're not getting a bigger share because you went to that bowl game anyway. We have that old mindset. It's with just the more money for the conference to for share. Everybody. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Maybe it's not like, that big of a like, deal. Like, listen, if there's two playoff teams from the Big 12, you're like, we just got money. Yeah. BYU. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't care as much. You know what? Just go know. to a bowl game. Who cares where? <laughs> I don't want to play North I, Texas. I think Texas, we. Though. Here's the thing. Do we actually want a Power Five opponent in a bowl game? Maybe. Like if BYU is six and six and loses and goes six and seven, are we like that if wasn't as cool? If the alternate is North Texas in Texas and you can potentially or lose Wazoo, to North Texas, Oregon no. State. Yes, I'll always take a power five. No one's gonna get. No one's gonna be like, I can't believe you lost to a power five team. What do you have to gain? Oh yeah, we mail it in. That's right. We're no, a power five in. team. No, no, no. We're a power five team. We lose the game. We go. Ah, we didn't <laughs> even want to be there. Didn't even want to be there. We're good. <laughs> Michael LaFleur, the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. He was the guy with the Jets! Yes. Yep. That's... That didn't go well. Oh, yeah. He has some nice things to say about Puka Nakua after uh, official team activities. Okay. So what would define a successful rookie season for Puka this year with the Rams offense? I think being on the 53 every game is enough, honestly. Like, he doesn't have to have, like, massive numbers. Certainly, I would love for him to go. I think I've said... You know, 20 catches, 200 yards, and a couple of touchdowns would be enough. I don't need like yeah. 40, 404, which I think I said uh, earlier. That would be a really good season. What well, would be enough? Um, being on the active roster. Yeah, every success week. was 40, 404 to me. But like just being on the roster yeah. and being in the mix and like 20, 202. Yeah, I think Puka's capable of like I said, 40, 404. Certainly, health is wealth, right? Especially. It's the best. For Puka. The best abilities, availability. So, yes, a successful season for Puka would be just staying healthy and being available. I think all pro and pro bowl. For every week. There you go. Okay. <laughs> just just be healthy. Is it yeah. bad that I don't trust Michael LaFleur as the OC at the moment, given what happened in New York? Is that a fair comment? Yeah, but I trust Matthew Stafford, and I trust Sean McVay. They stunk last year. It's not like they're coming off some amazing season. They, no, they, but two years they ago, had they were the, a Super Bowl chance. Not with Michael Ford, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he's given Does the he right... get that gig because they stink last year? Know. Yes, is the answer. <laughs> Maybe he'll be better. But, yeah, Staff Stafford's not in his prime anymore. He's on the tail end. I trust Sean McVay a little bit. Yeah, there. No one said that last year when they stuck. Yeah. Hey. Hopefully they're better. Yeah, we want Puka to get... Yeah. I don't care Stay how healthy. good the Rams are. I just want Puka to have a good individual year. Stay healthy. In get fact, in I want zone. the Rams to be terrible. I like the Seahawks. Just get in the end zone at least once. Be healthy. No injuries. Got that good defense. Limited offense. Yeah. 
All right, up next, did you know we've had 100 years of BYU football? You probably did know that. This is the 100th year. If you had to choose the single best win in those 100 years, which game are you going with? The battle for the best, an amazing bracket, begins next with our first matchup to determine the greatest win in BYU football history. Do not go anywhere. It is June. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a busy Monday. It is June 5th alongside Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. Spill time till BYU to the Big 12. BYU football <laughs> has amassed a bevy of unforgettable, incredible wins in its 100-year history, but which of those victories is the <coughs> best of the best. Now, hold on. hundred. I'm a stickler for this stuff. BYU has, has over 100 years of football. Okay. Because they started in 22. But they took a few years off. Don't know if you heard of it uh, for a world uh-huh. war. Okay. But this is the 100th season okay. of BYU football. Okay. okay. There was no celebration of 100 years two years ago. Didn't care. So 99 seasons have been completed. This is the this 100th season. It took 100 there seasons to get off. into a Power 5 conference. That's all it took. That's all it took. Lavelle, we thank you. All right, over the previous 99 seasons, there we go. technically speaking, yes, we would like you to help us determine which is the best win in those 99 Ooh, seasons. Juicy. Man, it took a long time and a lot of back and forth, a lot of discussion to come up with the initial list of great games and so then seeding them. Oh, oh, my goodness. What a process. Yeah, it was a process. Uh, so it's time. We have seeded 16 different games to determine the best win in BYU football history. Each day we will present the matchup Miami. of the day. <laughs> we'll set up why each win is up for debate as the best win. And then yes. you choose. You decide this. Going to BYU Sports Nation's Twitter account where you can vote. Mm-hmm. Following day, we will reveal the results, update the bracket, and introduce the next matchup of the day. AKA, this will take us up to July 1st. Oh, yes, it will. Right into Big 12 play. Okay, so. What our, are you guys doing, June? Our best, best wins bracket. Wins bracket. Yeah. Uh, the number one seed, not surprisingly. Miami, baby, that's the, the best win. It better win this thing. Over number one Miami in Ooh. 1990, but it takes on. The 2015 Miracle at Memorial, Mangum to Matthews. That is a juicy 116. Oh, my goodness. UMBC Virginia type vibes here. Yes, for sure. That is our first matchup. It will take on the winner of the 8 seed and the 9 seed, which are the 1983 Holiday Bowl win, Steve Mm -hmm. Young from Eddie Stinnett. Yep. And the 2009... Oh, that's a good one, to too. George. Overtime. Overtime. Okay, next one. Five-seed Kansas State. That's the Cotton Bowl in the 1996 season. The only New Year's Day game BYU's ever played against. Uh-huh. Wisconsin in 2018. Oh, I feel like the Cotton Bowl is going to win easily here, but that win in 2018 was awesome. That was okay. against number six Wisconsin. Yeah, they were in five that later there. Uh, Four-seed Utah. Great win, though. Four-seed Utah 06. Back to Harlan. Four-seed? <laughs> Versus 13 seed Pitt 84. That is the first live college football game on ESPN. It launched Pitt's the national championship campaign. Pitt goes 37 and one that year. Like that was an important win in BYU history. 
That's a juicy one too, right there, yes, man. Yes, it is. A four thirteen. That's like uh, you, you know San Diego State taking on Creighton or something. Yeah. <laughs> in the tourney. Oh, I guess they played in the Elite Eight. But there you go. All right. The next set of matchups. Juicy. Two seed. BYU beating Michigan a in the 1984 Holiday Bowl. Taking on Lavelle Edwards and BYU winning against Lou Holtz in South Bend Lou in Holtz. 1994. 21-14 road victory in South Bend. A freshman like Kalani Satake blocking in that game. These brands that BYU has beaten. Here. Yeah, dog. I love it. Okay. So the winner of those two will take on the seven seed Oklahoma in 2009. Seven seed? <laughs> That's such a great win. Wow, there's so many good wins. And 2013, Taysom Hill runs for 259 yards. BYU goes for 550. They fire a Texas coach the next day as the Cougars trounce the Longhorns in Provo. And then we say, get out of the Big 12 it's in a year. Oklahoma and Texas. I, that's a, that's a nice yes. matchup. Six seed Utah 2021. The streak ends oh, against the 11 seed Utah 2001. <laughs> oh, Utah versus Utah crime here. I love the 01 game. Oh, I love the 01 game. So yeah, Doman to Staley against the streak buster. How do you have a boundary option play that works? That's how good Doman and Staley were. Three seed, and last but not least, three seed SMU, the Miracle Bowl in 1980. Three seed, three seed, wow. <laughs> against Lavelle's last miracle. Last miracle. It's the Battle of the Miracles, Jerem. <gasps> it's the Miracle Bowl against Lavelle's there last miracle. There can be miracles, Whitney yes. Houston, Mariah Carey. This there, is a tremendous oh. matchup of a 314. Yeah. Well, we I, put a lot of thought into these. Well, you guys did. I didn't really participate. <laughs> I'm excited about this, though. <laughs> I opted out. I looked at the text and went, that's cool. <laughs> this is going to be fun, man. I love this. Okay, so we've got the bracket revealed. Let's dive into the first matchup. Yes. Miami versus Nebraska, 1 versus 16. So the one seed Miami, a couple of game notes on this one. Music video, hit it! Out of play by Ty Bentley. Hill has a man. Bounces out of the pocket. Waiting, waiting. Here's the pass. Touchdown! Tanner Mangum, true freshman. And caught! Touchdown! Looking, looking. Well, he's still scrambling. He's gonna now he throws it. Touchdown! Biggest game in the history of BYU football. That's a more nasally Blaine Fowler uh, back in the day. Much younger Blaine. Yeah, Fowler. yeah, exactly. We were all more nasally when we were younger. Uh, later, I'll speak like this. Okay, a 90 against Miami. Obviously, reigning champs, number one team in the uh, Hurricanes. BYU's ranked 16th. 13 and a half point dog. BYU had beaten UTEP the week before. BYU trailed 21-20 in this game. Ty Detmer, perhaps, perhaps the most iconic play of his career, avoids two rushers who collide, finds Mike Salito, third TD pass this of the game. This won him the Heisman. Yes, absolutely. He still had work to do after this, but it got him on the map, and it was the Heisman moment early in the season, right? Irvin Lee intercepts Craig Erickson in the end zone, breaks up a pass on fourth down. I believe Irvin Lee was a freshman in this game. Get out of here! BYU wins 28-21. Miami finishes the season ranked third. That they is the finished. best win of ranked at the time and final rank in BYU history. To me, undoubtedly, this is the best win in BYU history. Mm. I think this game should win this whole thing. That's why it's the number one seed. Mm -hmm. Matched up with the UMBC <laughs> in our bracket. <laughs> 
the number 16 seed, 2015 Nebraska, the Ooh. miracle at Memorial. Nebraska had won 30 straight I hate watching home this play. season openers. That's, Taysom Hill. That's the play I heard it oh, Season-ending injury with the Liz Frank that brings in the freshman Tanner Mangum. All he does is find Mitch Matthews on the final play of the game. Elite play. 42 yards away to win it. Amazing. Oh, H- my hug, goodness. Hug the ref, Taron Houck. Hug him. So BYU snaps the home opening streak for Nebraska. Huge win. Stole the college football weekend with dramatics. Tanner Mangum's featured all over ESPN. And then they go and beat Boise State after. There was so much emotion in this game because of Taysom Hill's injury and then the freshman Mangum coming in to do what he did. The walk-off, amazing call by Sean McDonough on ABC. Oh, just, Down to the goal line! Oh, yeah, it was so, like a horse so race. So good. Awesome, all right. You vote, vote on Twitter. You vote on Twitter. Our first matchup, the number one seed versus the number 16 seed, Miami in 1990 against 2015's victory, the Manga Miracle at Nebraska. Okay, the tweet's not out, but as soon as it is, go vote. Okay, speaking of great wins, this Friday we look back at BYU's 2019 overtime football win against Keaton Slovis in USC with Zach Wilson, Kalani Sataki, and others. Noon Eastern Friday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our Rise and Shoutout up next. Stay with us for more BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our question of the day, how is BYU more Big 12 ready now than when invited in September of 2021? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Paul Charrington on Twitter who says, we put the Big 12 logo on the jerseys, so that's one less thing to do. <laughs> yes, it is. We're more ready. Last we, week. Got, we got the logo. Yeah. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. couple of things here. Bill Barr for stepping up in case you missed it. And then uh, shout-out to Kyle Van Noy's family. His uh, son Trey was in the hospital for 10 days. He's going home now. He found out what was wrong. He's doing better. Congratulations to the Van Noy's. Love the Van Noy's. Love that post from Kyle on the power of prayer there. Our thanks to today's guest, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. Sorry to Dennis Pitter. ran out of time. We did make time for a different Dennis. However. Yeah, it's true. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mo Elowanibi. We'll see you tomorrow in Studio B. Go Cougs. It's going to be tough to beat Miami. Miami, man. Hey, BYU beat Miami.